Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Slasher Scotty. I am your host, Scotty McCoy, and boy, do I have a surprise for all of you. I have on Zoom with me right now Matthew Sharp, and he played Zach in Bloody Summer Camp and Mark in Go Away. How are you doing, Matt? Oh, pretty good, pretty good. Love love being here, loving uh, getting on the show. I've had a lot of um, former cast and crewmates on your show, so we appreciate you having us on. Awesome. Absolutely. I'm glad that you can join me. So the first question I got for you is, how did you get your start into acting? Um, that would have happened in high school. I was in the theater program in my high school and uh, senior year, we actually transitioned. I tra- mm-hmm. myself, I transitioned away from the stage and I started doing on camera stuff because we launched like a uh, in-house mock high school level movie production studio where we where it instead of going to the stage and learning about like, uh, you know, the stage and the curtain and things like that, you're learning about camera lighting and sound. And um, I, I wanted to move into uh, screen acting there. And then in college, I took a practicum in theater. And uh, when I graduated college, I came up here and started submitting uh, my headshot and resume out and getting gigs awesome. Where I could. Awesome. Awesome. So how did you become part of bloody summer camp and what about go away? How did that come about? Uh, Bloody Summer Camp, I answered a casting call that our director, Dave Kerr, put out almost three years ago. I've, I've been with these guys for three years. Um, nice. And I auditioned for the role. Uh, I, only went, I only read for one role because I think for Dave's film, I only kind of fit one of the character breakdowns. Um, and I read for the role and he told me I had the part. And then for the next two years, um, off and on, uh, you know, COVID taking a big bite out of our production schedule, of course. Uh <laughs> Yeah, you know, off and on, uh, filmed that movie for two years. It's finally out, and we're just now um, getting to the point where people are getting the DVDs and Blu-rays in the mail. So um, <laughs> that's how I got involved with those guys. And then Dave wrote a second, a second feature. This is his fourth feature, um, <laughs> Go Away. And I auditioned for that as well. He wanted to make a pitch trailer first. And for those of you watching, if, you, if you're not sure about what a pitch trailer is or a proof of concept, it's like a mini condensed version of a movie that doesn't exist yet. Mm-hmm. And so you're trying to show investors or maybe some fans that you've got this great idea for a movie, yeah. but just telling people about it isn't enough. So yeah. what they do is they make like a condensed little trailer, mm-hmm. which is a self-contained story. And then you say, yeah. this is what our idea is. And we want to make it into a big project. Yeah. I was involved in the pitch trailer. And the pitch trailer was pretty successful, and now it was time to make the big thing. So I auditioned for the same role that I played in the pitch trailer, and um, and Dave uh, he got me on board for the for Go. Away. That's awesome. That's awesome. And th- there's a pretty big cast involved with Go Away. Do you want to tell us about who's involved with this? Well, uh, uh, for for fans of Bloody Summer Camp, um, you're going to see a lot of returning faces mm-hmm. in Go Away, but in completely different roles. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have a lot of our actors going against type. Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, in Bloody Summer Camp, usually uh, the roles I get cast for, if it's not military or law enforcement, it's uh, like a bully type or like, you know, like a douchebag type of dude or like the mm-hmm. frat boy. Or I get cast a lot of times as like the ex-boyfriend who's like, you know, what are you looking at my girl, bro? Like that type <laughs> of thing. In this movie, I actually play like um, a guy with redeeming qualities and he's the lead mm-hmm. played opposite uh, Christine Oswald's character. Mm-hmm. So we got some people from Bloody Summer Camp and then That's we awesome. have a couple, 
a couple of celebrities that signed on board. Um, Felissa Rose is mm-hmm. in this film, and she was also in Bloody Summer Camp. Mm-hmm. Uh, and her claim to fame is she played Angela in Sleepaway Camp. Right. And we have Tuesday Night, uh, who has a substantial role in this as well. Tuesday Night uh, was in Nightmare on Elm Street Part 4. So awesome. she got to act alongside Freddy Krueger on the big screen. Um, so that was mm-hmm. cool. And then uh, one of my favorite cast members is a guy named Tom Matthews. Uh, he, he plays a critical role in Go Away. And I'm not going to tell you what Tom Matthews' role is. Mm-hmm. But Tom Matthews, uh, um, you will recognize from Friday the 13th, Jason Lives. Yeah. All right. That was part six. Um, he played Tommy Jarvis, which is Jason's nemesis throughout yeah. three films. Uh, and he was really cool. He was, I, I, there's not much I could say about it, about how it was to work with that guy, but he was completely down to earth. He came, he did our project. It was awesome working with him. And then a couple of weeks later, he came back to our Indiegogo and he bought a producer perk. And that's awesome. So, he, so he's now a producer of the film that he worked on because he, he liked it so much on set and he was telling all of us. And then he went out and became a producer of the film. So yeah, <laughs> that's, that's actually really cool. And I interviewed Tom Matthews and that guy is so professional. It's ridiculous. Like he literally um, was sick, like flu level sick. And this is before COVID, but he was like flu level sick. And yeah. he did not want to cancel the interview at all because of the commitment he made. And he <laughs> literally did the interview while he was like on his deathbed, basically. Like yeah, yeah. the fact that he did that alone shows his professionalism, you know, as an actor and as a person. So the fact that he did that alone. So that's awesome that you got him to be involved on your film because he, I heard nothing but amazing things that's working with him from many people, including like Andrew Lighty, who said he was an amazing person on Never Hike Alone. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it's certainly the case. And I've always told people my favorite Friday film is either part four or part three. But after working with Tom, I'm like, no, I, I actually like part six now. <laughs> so, <laughs> no. yeah. Absolutely. Um, so for those unaware, can you tell the listening and viewing audience what Bloody Summer Camp is about? And also what is Go Away about? OK, uh, we'll start with Bloody Summer Camp. Um, Bloody Summer Camp is finished completed wrapped and printed and ready to be sold and if you guys want a dvd or if you guys want a blu-ray of both the theatrical cut and the extended cut of bloody summer camp uh we made it we got a movie for you and uh, it is screening up and down the eastern seaboard the premise of bloody summer camp is uh dave kerr obviously is a fan of the horror genre Mm -hmm. and what it is is it is a period piece it's a 1980s summer slasher uh summer camp movie and uh, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, well, that's a dime a dozen. But I read the script and it is. It, it he's Dave hits all the notes with what you would want out of a movie like this. Mm-hmm. All right. So you like summer camp slashers in the 1980s. We think Sleepaway Camp and Friday the 13th mm-hmm. and the burning and all that. So Bloody Summer Camp uh, takes place um, a couple of days before. In 1986, a bunch of uh, camp counselors have regrouped uh, for another exciting start to the summer, and the the kids are are due to start arriving in a couple of days. Well, uh, as it comes to realize that uh, a lot of people are dropping like flies, and they're being killed by this masked killer. And um, this is one of those movies where the killer is not known to the audience Mm -hmm. for 95% of the movie. There's a reveal at the end. But uh, there's going to be a bunch of likely suspects and a bunch of unlikely suspects. And 
Uh, basically, what you're doing is you're watching a movie because you appreciate the slasher genre. You like the, the feel and nostalgia of the 1980s. Um, and you like horror comedies. And that's what it is. It's a horror comedy. You might be more scared than you laugh or you might laugh more than you're scared. But I, I guarantee it. <laughs> ridiculous kills uh some some silly sex scenes and a memorable killer i think is what makes bloody Stone. that's the magic of that movie and i i play a douchebag jock who who's got this inferiority complex and he's like you know he's all about the weight room that's 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 bloody summer camp and in, in my involvement in in it nice um that's bloody summer camp it's out now and we are probably i would say 90 percent done wrapped on principal photography of go away uh, and then Go Away will be out next year. We have a couple more scenes to film, but the premise of Go Away is um, Mark and Liz, I play Mark, um, is a couple that's on the rocks and they're having some problems. And Mark has some anger management issues and they get invited to this dinner party um, that's being held by my girlfriend's mother, who she hasn't seen in years. And it comes to they come to realize that she's dating this new guy that nobody knows anything about. He does the character played by Tom Matthews. Nobody knows anything about this guy. He's mysterious. He doesn't say a lot. We know nothing about his past. And and it's just a weird situation. Well, in the middle of the night or in the middle of this dinner party that we're having, there's a knock at the door and then five masked intruders wearing these really, really creepy colored masks um, designed by Amber Fulcher, who's our SFX, and she plays pink masks in the film. Home Invasion comes and holds the entire uh, dinner party hostage. And so the drama that unfolds is people start getting killed in horrible ways. Um, I have to figure out a way to get back into the house because I, I get separated from the group. And we're trying to overcome this home invasion slasher film that you've seen in things like The Strangers or Hush. But there is such an awesome hook twist to this that nobody's I've never seen it done in a horror movie before. And if you're like home invasion slasher movie, I can name 20 of those off the bat. Yeah, this one's got a hook, though. All right. And it's the hook that I can't talk about. But I read the script. Tom Matthews read the script. Tom Matthews is in. I dig it, too. Awesome. I can't wait. And I know I had Dave Kerr on the show already and he mentioned amazing things about go away. Like he just, the way he talked about it, it just, it hooked me immediately. And yeah. even like his, his plugs for go away, like, you know, five intruders for, you know, whatever up to two mm -hmm. exits. And you know what I mean? Like it's really, really good. And, um, I just can't wait to see what he does with this movie. I, I think it's going to be a, a hit. Um, so speaking of Dave Kerr, how is he as a director? Uh, Dave is awesome. He is awesome. I have, I have, um, I, I have directors that I will work with again, 110%. If they ever call me up and say, Hey, Matt, I want you to read for this part. Uh -huh. I'm like, sign me up. I will read for any part you write, buddy. Um, I, I will audition for you any day. And then I've got a handful of directors that I'm never going to work with again, but I, <laughs> but, but I, I don't, I don't mention those on podcasts or interviews right. or anything like that. So if I'm talking good about a director and I, <laughs> so, you know, uh, Dave is awesome. Um, he has a great mix of being professional and staying in tune to industry standard protocol and procedure on a film set uh we're non-union all of us um so he's also very um relaxed in the sense that uh he wants us to have fun doing this and have it make it be an enjoyable process right. and the, the people that i work with on bloody summer camp that movie is over and done with 
Mm-hmm. I'm not working on that project anymore, but I still hang out with all those people because we all liked each other so much and we all formed that bond. And Dave was the guy that brought everybody together. Absolutely. So he's a guy that sticks to his word. Um, he's a guy that uh, is organized. Um, he's a guy that uh, that has, he knows how to write horror movies. You know, yeah. like he's obviously a fan of the horror genre. And so, and to be somebody who's trying to do what Dave is trying to do, all right, mm-hmm. you got to know the material. Yeah. And he he knows horror movies. He knows the structure. He knows story structures that you need and things like a summer camp slasher or yeah. a home invasion horror. He knows all the beats. So you can't have somebody write an effective script like that without knowing the material themselves. So Dave, uh, he, he's got some great ideas. Uh, he told me about some ideas that he had for like six or seven movies into the future, like, like decades plan <laughs> of what he's got going on in his head. I hope the guy is successful. I hope he keeps making movies. And um, if Slasher 15 ever has a role in mind that they want me to read for, I'm going to work with these guys again because they Absolutely. make good stuff. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's how I am. I work so hard. I, I think so far into the future, but then that overwhelms me where as Dave, he probably thought of go away like four movies ago and it's still coming out amazingly. And he, I, just interviewing him, he had such an amazing mind and just the way his mind works and the way he talks about his projects. It's like, you can't make a good movie like he does and, you know, and it being effective and not have a good mind and understanding about how our film, how horror films work. And he really did. He really, you could tell he has that type of mindset. Yeah. yeah. And and we all obviously work, worked with our, our fair share of bad directors. Uh, <laughs> I, yeah. I, I have, my, I have my, my fair share of few of them, and I, I understand completely. Um, but Dave, just based on interviewing him alone, I could tell he is an amazing, amazing guy and amazing director mm-hmm. as well. And I'm glad that I can't wait till Bloody Summer Camp actually comes out. I would like to even get my copy of the DVD or Blu-ray and of course, when Go Away comes out, you obviously have a customer in me as well. And obviously, I've been interviewing some casting crew from that movie, and I love to promote it because it really strikes a chord with me. Like, it really hits me. And just the cast alone is amazing. You know what I mean? It's just absolutely phenomenal. Um, speaking of the cast, um, especially from Bloody Summer Camp, a good friend of mine, Cody Falk, was also in that. I know you had a fight scene with him. I seen some uh, pr- promotional stills from that. Uh, what was it like working with Cody? Oh, uh, Cody's great. Um, I, uh, I had talked to Cody years and years and years ago because he was trying to make this film for his Friday the 13th fan film. And I was going to audition for it, but there was something about scheduling where I couldn't do it. So that project, I, um, I wasn't able to audition for it. But then years later, I, I met him at the table read for Bloody Summer Camp. Um, and uh, me and Cody, we talk quite a bit. Uh, he... Um, he he and I, I think our, our careers are kind of moving in parallel paths because like, you know, he um, he wanted to get away from directing. He was a director when I met him and now he's kind of uh, taken a backseat to directing. He wants to be more of an actor. Um, uh, Cody's great. Uh, he it, on in the film Bloody Summer Camp. He's like my sworn enemy. But uh, but me and me and Cody would talk all the time. Um, he tells me about his projects and nice. and things like that. Uh, the fight scene was fun because. In, in that role, uh, the, the, the role I play in Bloody Summer Camp, I get angry all the time and I'm very confrontational and I'm very aggressive and um, I, I'm just not the savory character. So anytime before I had to do a scene, I had to get kind of riled up a little bit yeah. before the scene started, before Dave called action, because I can't just go into a cold because I will read on camera. So right, I mean, right. we had this fight scene. 
kind of what we had to do is we had to get each other riled up a little bit because uh, in, in the, in the film, this isn't giving anything away, but I get punched in the face by like the camp heartthrob hero. Mm-hmm. And uh, we had to, we had to rehearse it of course, because it's a, it's a punch being thrown on camera. So you have to rehearse it several times. Um, but uh, I think, I, th- I think for that scene, uh, that, that was actually a pretty fun scene because uh you know it's like if you put yourself in that moment and you know you you know you're throwing punches some dude's holding you back you're screaming at each other and stuff like that if you bring the intensity it feels like a real fight and you don't even have to yep. there's not a lot of acting required if, yeah. if 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 you just hit that emotional beat or that emotional level so um it was cool and uh me and cody were great friends you know <laughs> we get it we get in fights on camera but um i, I talked to the guy quite a bit and um hopefully he'll be uh he'll be successful whatever it is he's got planned. Nice. Absolutely. And I want to do a quick plug for him just because he's a good friend of mine about smack, check out smack. That's uh, uh, working. That's uh, I know in production, I know uh, he asked me to be a part of that as well. Um, I don't know if that's going to come fruition. I know our scheduling schedule is like really hard to meet, but uh, did you happen to hear about smack at all? Yeah. And it's funny, actually test. Uh, I did a test read for him uh, for one, for one of his scenes when he was writing it uh, two or three years ago. Um, he wanted to test out a, a scene. So I read, I, I did like a screen test for him and I sent him the scene, uh, that, uh, for, for the character, um, that he wanted uh, me to read for. Um, I'm not, I'm not involved in smack, but I have been uh, following along the progress and the footage looks great. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So do you have any memorable stories from your time on set from either bloody summer camp, go away or both? Oh man, how much time do you have? <laughs> <laughs> man, I think, I, I could fill a phone book with funny stories from that, nice. from those two projects. Um, but uh, 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 funny stories. Um, there's the, I have a pretty, man, I can't say, hmm. let's see. It's, stories that don't, that don't reveal spoilers are, are difficult. They are. Uh, and stories that don't uh, involve spoilers are difficult. Um, <laughs> I will say that uh, at, at, bloody summer camp was a challenging role because it did require me to go through some stunts uh it did require me to um uh shed a lot of clothing um (laughs) at one point i had to stay in position tied up to a tree over top of what i discovered later was a tick nest and it's 1980s and you're wearing like thigh high booty shorts all the guys did of course and if you're in a tick nest yeah, I mean, uh, lighting died, but sorry. Yeah. Well, anyway. Um. Yeah. So. So. You know, there was this. Oh, <laughs> and then there's also in in on the on the camp that we filmed uh, Bloody Summer Camp on. There's this really, really, really mm-hmm. disgusting lake where, on the surface level, it looks like this nice, pristine, clean swimming hole that's right. like fun to swim in and stuff like that. Well, we've had several critical scenes filmed at this lake in Bloody Summer Camp, and it is the most disgusting lake I've ever been in. And first of all, the water is knee high, all right? And when you step into it, you sink up to the waist in just like straight muck. There's no bottom to it. There's no, there's no, <laughs> there's no like soil or ground to it. You just sink. It's like quicksand underneath water. And it stunk to high heaven. It literally smelled like horse shit. Can I say shit on here? I, yes, you can. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and 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 that was bad. Um, but but that was a lot of fun. Uh, and um, and then on go away, that was that experience was a lot of fun because we're staying in this 
mansion that was literally built in the central Virginia in the mm -hmm. late 1700s. So it's, it was around during the revolutionary war okay. era, it was a big, nice, fancy mansion um, that was a lot easier to film in than on a mm -hmm. camp because everything is contained and indoors and we don't have to worry about sound. We don't have to worry yes. about weather or lighting. Um, so it was very two, two different sets, uh, a nice yeah. comfy, like elegant mansion, and then a camp with bugs and, you know, <laughs> 93 feet and all that stuff. Um, but yeah, we've got, we've got a ton of stories about behind the scenes and things like that. Um, right. And what we did on go away, we actually had a videographer uh, taking behind the scenes footage and okay. it's the dude, Steve Wells. He's going to, he's going to get that all cut for us. So um, yeah, nice. but it was a great time on both of those projects. Awesome. So what was the best part about filming Bloody Summer Camp and what was the worst? Um, the best part about filming Bloody Summer Camp was, th this is a cliche answer. I'm going to go ahead and I'll give you two answers. Well, number one was the people. I love all these people that I worked with. And if you're working on a project for two years, yeah, working on that same project, then you, you got this bond. Like we've had, I've logged so many hours at that summer camp with all those people. Um, Michael McGlynn, who, you know, I've stayed at yep. his house numerous times. Uh, he's, he's become a really, really, really powerful indie horror producer that a lot of yeah. people know now. Um, so the people and the locations, I love Virginia. Um, we shot bloody summer camp outside of Charlottesville, Virginia at this beautiful, beautiful, uh, um, summer camp called Camp Holiday Trails, and that was the setting for that. Mm. And then, uh, like I said, the house, the plantation home where we're shooting Go Away at is, is really, really beautiful as well. So I would say locations and, of course, the people. Um, Absolutely. The people. That, that's great. Uh, what about the worst? Oh, the worst. <laughs> oh, the worst. <laughs> oh, man. The worst. Okay. Well, the worst part about Bloody Summer Camp was COVID. Uh, because that took out a huge, huge chunk of our shooting production schedule. It, it messed everything up. It, it was, it was, it just, it just complicated everything. Mm -hmm. um, Bloody Summer Camp. Uh, we we definitely had a lot of hiccups in the production schedule. We've had some cast drop out. We've had to take some new casts and things like that. I would say the worst part of Bloody Summer Camp was probably the situation where. I had to get covered in um, a mix of synthetic gore effects and practical gore <laughs> effects. And when I say synthetic gore effects, I mean fake blood and uh, mm -hmm. scar wax. But we also had practical gore effects, which meant raw eggs and raw chicken skin made to look <laughs> like something else. And that was like on top of me. And ugh, that was gross. It was mm -hmm. gross. It, everything was sanitary. We ran a safe set. And everything yep. was fine, but I'm just that smell of raw chicken will never leave my 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 brain. Um, and then um, diving in that nasty ass pond at <laughs> at the camp. Um, uh, <laughs> other than that, you know, it's it, it's been a pleasurable experience, and uh, shit, I'd do it again. <laughs> awesome, awesome, yeah, absolutely. So you said that Go Away is going to be released uh, next year. Do you have an anticipated month? Uh, I do not. I do not. Um, that and and that all depends. The reason why that stuff fluctuates for for um, fans that don't know a whole lot about the post production uh, process. First of all, we did take our production schedule and go away as far as principal photography, straight filming the footage. Uh, got a little bit of a hiccup because one of our actors um, had to cancel weekend because he got COVID. So we did what we can with that, and then we got a reshoot coming up in December. But. Post-production is not just taking the footage and cutting it together in an editing room. That's not what post-production is. That's a small yep. part of it. 
That's a small yes. part of it, but very small. Yeah, you got to worry about finding a guy to do your print and ad campaign. You got to worry about finding a guy to score the project. You have to worry about where you need ADR, where you need sound design. All right, do we need to foley this can getting knocked over? All right, yep. stuff like that. You got to worry about um, you're, there's going to be reshoots. There, yep. Reshoots are a part of it. And so there may be a, a chance that we get called back to set next week, next year. And it's like, we got to do a couple pickup shots here and there. That's yep. all part of it. And, then you have, and that doesn't even touch distribution and talking yeah. to studios and talking to video on demand and just exploring our options and where can we screen? Do we want to screen here? Do we want to save for exclusive screening here? Planning a production schedule. It's, it's a year long process. Yeah. So I don't have a date for the fans. I will go ahead. I can confidently say 2022. All right. But don't quote me on that because there could be something catastrophic that we need to fix. Yeah. Um, I know Dave, he completes his projects. He's yeah. written and directed three feature films and he's made and produced three feature films that you could buy today. So I have no, no doubts that he's, he's going to get go away completed in a timely fashion. And if there is a delay, I can promise you it's going to be for reasons that are out of our control. Um, but like I said, we got 90% of the footage cut and, uh, I don't think it's going to be anywhere as near as it long as long as it took for bloody summer camp to cut out to come out because we had to take a year yeah. off of filming you know yeah so yeah I, I, I would like i would like go away to be starting to screen places mm -hmm. at the end of summer of next year yeah. i would like to see that um maybe that's a little optimistic i'm not sure but maybe the fall yeah Right. And, and that's a good point. Uh, Post-production, it, it does. there are things that can, like you said, give it hiccups. It can give mm -hmm. it, you know, something that might, you know, there might be an issue. I don't know why my light keeps going out. <laughs> but uh, hire a gaffer. <laughs> I know, right? I need to hire somebody. This, this is what happens with indie production uh, podcasting. Yeah. Yeah. I guess it wasn't, it wasn't charging overnight. I guess when I had my laptop shit, it wasn't charging. <laughs> But anyways, um, but yeah, with post-production, there could be things that happen that are out of our control that need to be fixed because I would rather a film be released later than anticipated and expected and mm -hmm. be up to standards that, mm -hmm. that, you know, uh, that would make the audience be like, that was a really badass, great movie compared mm -hmm. to rush it, not fix the errors, release it by the date you say, and then you end up getting a getting fans that look that are watching it and saying that movie sucked. You know what mm. I mean? Like you yeah. you want you don't want to disappoint your audience. If it means an adding it to another year of, of release, then so be it. As long as you get a movie that is worth watching and you can be proud of being a part of. Yeah, and the attention to details of making a film like that is mm -hmm. always as a service to the fans never as yes. never not so much to the filmmaker it's always a service to the fans because yep. um film fans people who are movie fans who mm -hmm. are not filmmakers yeah. don't understand that a full day of production that takes 12 hours to shoot mm -hmm. and very oftentimes communicate to 17 seconds in the movie yeah right so you set it you you build a scene you set the lighting you go over the blocking you go over the coverage you go yeah. over how you light it with the movements of the camera like is it a static shot is it dynamic or whatever yeah and you film it all and you do this sequence and do this and do this and do this and then you watch the movie and the scene is about 45 seconds long 
All right. And so if you take a 12 hour shoot day, the 12 hours of multiple people working on just one thing that's going to equate to 12 Mm -hmm. seconds of footage, then you guys have to understand that every single day that we make on this or or the money that we're building to make this film, like that's what it takes. If we want this, if we want this really awesome kill scene, that's going to make or break the movie, but we could do it a shitty way where we half ass it. Or we could mm-hmm. really, really pull out all the stops and devote a day to this scene. Absolutely. All right. What would you like more? You know? Right. And and that's and that's what people remember from horror movies. They don't remember the movie as a whole. They remember like individual kills. Yeah. Or like individual lines. Or yeah. like or like definitely like certain moments. Yeah. You know, and and that one little moment, that one little magical moment, all right, might have taken the effort of yep. 17 people and eight hours to capture absolutely yeah yeah so, jason x is a good example of that that movie isn't remembered for a lot but it's remembered for that uh liquid nitrogen death the liquid nitrogen scene bashing yeah her, yep. her that scene must have taken yeah. maybe you know after everything was done the the prosthetic heads and everything like that the scene itself must have taken about 12 seconds to a minute at most um, mm-hmm. for it to film just to film it once it like in that one shot and it was literally what like a two second three second death scene but that's yeah. what everybody remembers about that death yep exactly and yeah and w- when you're talking about how we um how we budgeted for go away and how we budgeted for um bloody summer camp a lot a lot and i'm talking about a huge chunk of that budget goes to the location yeah and the reason why in these two movies that money had to specifically had to go to location is because in these two movies, the location make or break the movie, mm-hmm. right? So we're filming at an actual summer camp. So if you're talking mm-hmm. about production value, Dave could have saved the money, not rented out a summer camp, and he could have shot it in his backyard in the woods and called her yeah. at the summer camp. But right. the but as far as production value goes, it's like no, we're gonna shoot on location. That's yeah. just going to add so much more flesh to visual right. storytelling. How can you call a movie "Bloody Summer Camp" and not film it at a summer camp, right? Like people do, people do, people they do, that. and like, that's what makes the yeah. movie that that much bad. That yeah. just makes it so much worse because you, you don't you don't get that summer camp feeling, that vibe. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, and 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 a huge chunk of the budget on Go Away had to get to procuring this awesome, mm-hmm. amazing, lavish plantation style mansion because. Mm-hmm like the way the script is written like you've got people hiding in like cellars and attics and little crawl spaces and the house is supposed to be huge and you're like getting lost in it and like you're trying to like run from people coming down this hallway and there's like guys coming up from the and you can't film it in like we can't film it here like right like it's it like you can't just film this in somebody's house like the location is a character in the movie yeah like like if you skimp on location your fans are going to see that and they're going to immediately know where that money went if you go for the better looking location and th- and that's in, in these two movies you need to have a good location because that's what right. the story requires right like even look at friday the 13th how would you feel having a camp crystal lake but it not being at a camp you know what i mean like it you could do that but then friday the 13th wouldn't be a film that all of us would talk about nowadays because yeah. the, the thing they'll talk about is this movie is not at a summer camp or this movie, you know, that's why even Friday the 13th Part 5, a lot of people are like, that movie didn't take place at Camp Crystal Lake. It took place at a halfway house. <laughs> well, my favorite my favorite example of this, and since we're yeah. on this tangent, is we're yeah. talking about 
um, horror movie locations shooting to save money. Um, watch 1978 Halloween. All right, Jamie Curtis, of course. Yes. And that takes place in Illinois. All right. And if you watch 1978 Halloween that takes place in Illinois, look in the yeah. background and you're going to see fucking palm trees. Palm trees, yeah. You're going to see palm trees. You're going to see Jodie Foster walking down the street in Illinois and there's palm trees over her left shoulder. Yep. Well, it's cheaper to shoot in California. <laughs> so, yep. so, you know, it's like, yeah, now they got away with it because that's a big budget project. But we're just going off of that point. It's just like sometimes you have to shoot in different locations to save money. And if yeah. you could do it convincingly, go ahead and do that. But if you can't do it convincingly, your fans are not going to have any forgiveness towards it. Right. Especially when you're a smaller budget project, if you can't get away, it'll be harder to get away with and people tear you to shreds. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, that's how horror fans are. They're very loyal fans, but they also are very critical fans and they can they will tear you to shreds if they believe that they're being if they feel that their intelligence is being, you know, manipulated to an extent. Yeah, yeah. And, and 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 that's what Dave is good about. He's good about just being like, look, you guys took your money out of your wallet, bought a perk and put this into our movie. Okay, yes. well, we're going to make sure that that money goes towards making a better better movie you know and 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 and, and everything every every single dime that's spent on that movie is yeah. towards production value absolutely you know, towards production value you know it's like well we could we could get this like fake looking prop that costs like 20 bucks and yeah. we screen tested it and it looks like shit on camera yeah or we could go for a more professional prop or hire a fabricator to do it or something like that and now we can do the scene. Now it's memorable. Now it's going to get the effect that we want it to yeah. do. You know, so it's just everything matters. Everything matters. Yeah. Absolutely. So the last question I got for you, do you have any other projects in the works that you would like to promote to the listening and the viewing audience? Oh, any other products, uh, projects? Okay. Um, well, right now there's a film called... Um, a Comedy of Horrors Volume 1. It's an anthology. It's a horror comedy. I have a very, very brief role in that, but it's screening right now, and it's going up nice. and down the eastern coast. I'll have to figure out when, uh, where it's screening next. Nice. Uh, but that's, um, it just screened at the New Jersey Horror Con, um, along with Bloody Summer Camp that screened up there. Mm-hmm. Um, I am working on a um, murder mystery time travel cop drama. <laughs> right murder mystery time travel cop drama i play a, a detective that gets uh shot and then sucked back into time and then he has to go forward in time to solve a murder and it's all about this time travel. it's a sci-fi feature nice. um i've been filming that for about four months now um so we got a couple more shoot dates on that um awesome. but post-production we're going to go into that i don't have a release date about where that's mm-hmm. where that's going to be but it's called tena t-e-n-a um and i've been working on that uh and then i'm gonna have two shorts two horror shorts coming out probably in january um nice. and they're just gonna be uh t- I, i've been doing a lot of horror um for the past, <laughs> past two years i don't know why i i guess i got pigeonholed into that but I'm, i like it i got two horror shorts coming out in january and like i said um i am always trying to audition and um and uh submit and uh exactly get, keep getting uh gigs where i can man yeah, absolutely. Um, well, I thank you so much for joining me, Matt. Yeah, no, thank yeah. you so much for having us on. We really appreciate uh, all absolutely. your support and, um, and your coverage of Bloody Summer Camp and Go Away. And yeah. hopefully we'll see you at the premiere of Go Away.
Absolutely. I would love to uh, actually attend that. And I would love to see this movie. So I, de- and I definitely look forward to meeting you in person at some point as well. Yeah, no, no, definitely. I mean, yeah. I, I'm going to be going to all these horror cons, you know, uh, yeah, I go to horror cons with Michael McGlynn and Dave and Amber nice. and Jamie and all Michael that McGlynn, he's also another one I would love to meet, became a good friend of mine. So I definitely would love to meet him at some point. Uh, you'll see me. You'll see me and him at a con in 2022. I guarantee you. <laughs> awesome. That sounds like a plan. Well, I thank you so much, man. You have a great rest of your night. All right. Thank you. I appreciate All it. All right. Yep. Bye.